Welcome to the Professional Services Pursuit, a podcast featuring expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. Again, I'm Brent Trimble, and today I'm really excited about the episode we have queued up for us. Our guest is Bruno Grappois. He has a really fascinating story about his company, Agency Mania Solutions, how it came about and is regarded as the industry expert on optimizing the marketing services, creative agency, strategic services, client relationship, and how to bring these practices to life through technology. Bruno, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you, hear you, and reconnect with you after quite some time. Bonjour, Brent. Great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. You know, I followed what you've sort of created here over 10, 15 years and the evolution of your firm culminating now with a mix of services as well as technology. But it would be great for the listeners to hear about Agency Mania. The story, the evolution of the business is really compelling. Could you, you know, take some time and walk us through our audience, the background because your career has some really formative influence there, and then ultimately how you saw the need and started Agency Mania Solutions. Well, I'll give you a very quick overview of, of my background. So French born and raised, moved into the U.S. over almost 30 years ago now, and starting the corporate world in Seattle, worked for a number of software companies, lucky enough to be part of two large IPOs in, in Seattle, ultimately ended up joining Microsoft uh, in Redmond, Washington, where I spent about 10 years, then worked for Visa, the payment technology company in the um, San Francisco, Canada Bay area. And at Microsoft, I was lucky enough to lead a company-wide initiative. I work in the central marketing group. And that initiative was really intended to reduce the number of strategic agencies that the company was using at the time. So they had a much better organized way to go to market. And after these year-long project, which led to a more refined, more strategically sound set of agency partners, I was asked to lead the creation of a new function within the company. At the time, we referred agency management. It's now commonly known as agency relations in some organizations as marketing procurement, depending on which side of the fence you may find yourself. And as I built the team on a global scale, servicing all P&Ls of the company, which were about seven at the time, I decided to go in the marketplace and research other companies who were doing it. And it was a fascinating process. I ended up talking to many, many really talented, individual, amazing organizations that have been doing this for a long, long time, especially the CPGs, the consumer packaged good companies. We've been working with agencies, you know, hands on for like four years. And during that process, learn again that there was so much know-how in the marketplace that was unfortunately not easily obtainable. And that's the reason that led me to actually conduct many of these interviews. And he led me to write a book called, that called Agency Mania when I was at Microsoft that came out in 2010. And it was great because the collection of best practices, you know, it, the book did fairly well, got translated multiple languages. It became really the guidepost for how you build really strong client agency relationships. And it also became very clear that companies were looking for more than just best practices. They were looking for ways to bring them to life in the organization. And the way by which it was going to happen was actually consoling really two of my passions, which was the client agency relationship and partnership enablement. 
and my love for software, which is where I spend the majority of my career. I ended up creating agency mania solutions, which we named after the book, with two other industry veterans, Sean Wolf and Terry Wigman, which are my partners. And we formed, which is now industry leading customizable SaaS agency management software solutions for advertisers, typically large ones, looking for marketing partnership automation. And that's really what led us to Agency Mania Solutions as it stands today. We're almost 10 years into it. We started initially with a heavy focus on services supported by software and eventually became really a full-play software company. That's a great summary. And and I want to dive in a little bit and, and hear your perspective on when that moment of providing expertise, organization, team structure in harmonizing this brand and our client and agency relationship. But before I do that, you know, maybe for our listeners to understand it, a lot of our our listeners are going to be um, on that agency side, marketing side, services side. And it's struck me following your your career and then the volume of thought leadership you put into the market and your voice is very respected. The benefits of a, of a great relationship between brand and agency. I mean, that harmonization, we hear a lot and a lot of our listeners talk about challenges with procurement and of course, pricing models and the mechanics. But beyond that and that more, when, when there's a well-honed structure that governs the relationship, both sides can really benefit and maybe, maybe touch on that a little bit. As you mentioned, there's a human element to partnership, which inherently we understand from having partnership of all different kinds in our lives. Professional partnerships do require a certain level of structure and rigor so that you can actually realize the most value from it. And one of them that I'm actually quite passionate about is this clarity of goals and purpose. I think that's when partnerships form and deliver on their utmost value, it comes from having clarity of goal and alignment of goal and a joint purpose. And that oftentimes require not just just a, obviously a certain level of transparency and open communication and so on, but it also requires really an organized framework that provides the foundation for the partnership that may include, for example, just having, again, what goals are we trying to accomplish in the organization? How are we going to measure our success? Do we have the right KPIs or key performance indicators in place to measure and optimize on the relationship? And another one that's actually came to be interesting to me over the years, and we've actually helped companies build is partnership principles. And it's really the articulation of how the relationship is going to be governed, to your point. What are the guardrails and the rules by which the relationship will be managed? And what's interesting when you have, you mentioned agencies, agencies are fascinating organizations, very unique culture. And when you talk to brands, large brands, they also have established over the years very specific and evolving cultures. And sometimes it's a clash of culture. You're blending two cultures. You have, you may be aligned on objectives. You may share the common goal. Oftentimes for an agency, it's saying, Hey, we aspire to what the company is trying to accomplish. We embrace their mission, their vision. We want to be part of it. We want to be enabling them to be successful in the marketplace. That's very empowering, very exciting, but sometimes cultures get in the way. So, the partnership principles is also trying 
to minimize the cultural clash that may take place from organizations, typically large organizations are very structured, as you we all can appreciate, where agencies can be very agile and very fluid. And so that alone can sometimes create tension and frictions that you need to address. So the partnership principles really aimed at reducing that friction and making sure that those cultures are compatible, although they may be different, and everybody's working towards common goals. Compatible, but different, I think. That's a key point because ultimately the client, the brand, and and you noted some of the 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 brands you you worked on in your formative years, and then of course in your practice in an agency mania, many many global brands don't necessarily want a culture that looks exactly like them, right? Because you need the creativity and the nimbleness, but compatible compatibility is is a key. So you started the firm, and the the book had. Tremendous success, continues to be a great resource. And at some point, matching that passion of uh, technology with the expertise, give us a little bit of a of some insight on when in, in what was that inflection point when you decided, you know, this could be a great software platform to enable brands and their and their agency partners? Well, there were a couple of inflection points, I would say that were really contributing factors, if you will. First, starting in the professional services, you learn a lot from it, especially if it's your, part of your core offering. And the reason for that is because it's highly consultative. You need to go deep. You need to understand the drivers behind the business and that organization. And even today, as a software company, we tend to be very consultative. That's why we do custom software. We still maintain that with a process that we, we call provisioning, where we have a, a PRD, a product requirements document, and we have these rich interactions and discussions where we document the needs of every client. Again, because we do custom software, we adapt to our client business because we believe that it's better than having them adapt to our software, which is what we do custom in the first place. And and our clients include some of the largest brands in the world, as you mentioned, like companies like American Express and Toyota and Dell and IBM and Nestle, just large global organizations. And they all share similar challenges, which are to your point, an inflection points that led to the thinking about how to create the company and what to offer in the marketplace. One was in was complexity. Because we deal with very large companies, they all naturally have organizational complexity. They're multi-brand, they're global companies, they merge, acquire other entities. It's constant change, but complexity is just inherent part of their company to their fabric, right? Because they're so big. So there's a desire to simplify. How do you simplify how the organizations collaborate, how workflows happen? How can we simplify how the work ultimately kind of flows through the organization and thing gets done? There is also a cost of complexity. And the cost of complexity is really waste. And there's also a desire equally to look for ways to minimize waste. And the waste comes in a lot of different flavors, as you can, as, as you know. The waste could come from just misalignment of expectations. It can come from people spending time on things they shouldn't be doing in the first place, whether it's on the agency side, which end up being an expense for the client, excessive agency fees, maybe excessive overhead, or can take place on the client side. People, again, doing things and tasks that really are not needed for them to do. And so you want to remove that waste, which is another inflection point that we saw in the marketplace. The third one was really about the fact that across function, companies have been moving away from very manual labor-intensive processes to automating functions. 
So it's not just happening in marketing or professional services or the agency world. It happens in HR and every part of the, the entire ecosystem, if you will. So how do we go and start automating common tasks and activities and removing a lot of the inherent inefficiencies and waste again that takes place from manual processes? So that was another inflection point that we saw in the marketplace. And then the last one is there was also a desire to really rely on adequate, actionable insight. For a while, you, you may recall, for years, people were talking about big data. And then we realized nobody wants big data. We want smart data. And smart data is really about, it's less about data, actually. It's about insight. Insight that is generated from data that allow you to make informed decisions in a timely manner and have sustainable impact. And so that was another inflection point, if you will, another driver in the marketplace. There was a desire to equip people with information that could enable them to do better job. And in a client agency relationship, that means equipping marketing stakeholders and procurement stakeholders with information they can use at their fingertips that make them just better partners to the agencies, allow the agencies to do better work and be better collaborators across the board. No, those are really great points. And I think in the notion of benefiting both parties in that process and in that partnership, the notion, I think, of eliminating waste and then gaining data and smart insights, I think very, very relevant. Given the amount of press sort of devoted to the topic over the past decade or so of, you know, the agency model, talent dynamics, I look at it as a, a very resilient and always evolving and adapting kind of space, but that enduring need of highly talented people delivering innovation and creative solutions of all types to global brands. In our side and in our listening audience, and then um, of course, our customer base and beyond, we've got shops that are probably in a very ascendant phase, maybe still in that kind of boutique, very specialized, all the way up to holding company brands that are doing real global delivery at scale for for innovations. But they I think could always benefit from your advice and the, and the insight from the strategic solutions you, you deploy in the client side. What are some of the really big topics right now where you're counseling your brands that you think would be relevant? Not to, you know, put you on the spot in terms of any, anything proprietary, but, but that you think would benefit a harmonious partnership, particularly as we're, you know, we're coming again. It seems like just yesterday we were talking about economic upheaval with the pandemic. And now we're entering some, looks like a period of economic softness. But what are some trends you're counseling your your partners on at present you think would benefit the agency side of the audience? I see a couple. And, and as you know, it's, it's a great passion of mine. I spend a lot of time talking to clients about that topic. You know, how can we best support them? How can they get optimal value from their agency relationships? And I work on the agency side for a while, so I've, I was privileged enough to understand that viewpoint as well. Because in any partnership, it takes two to tango, and you do need to have really that acute understanding of their operating model, the way they organize themselves, the way they operate, to be the best client possible. But in terms of trends and or perhaps topics that are coming to the top as, you know, in our discussions with clients, one of the most critical one, I think, is guidance. The desire by brands and clients to improve the way they guide their agency partners. And there's two ways by which that comes to life. One is through planning. So 
Most organizations go through this annual planning process on a fiscal calendar basis. They align on their goals and they set budgets and then they need to articulate what are they going to do in the marketplace to deliver on those objectives. And we refer to it as scope of work in the client agency relationship, typically scope of work process, if you will. And there is an organized approach to collaborate with agencies to say, here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to go about doing it. And the client can do that on their own. They have to involve the, the agencies because agencies may articulate with great precision how the work is going to happen, what, what specifically is going to be needed to be done to support those objectives. So the client can set the big priorities and that's where the guidance come in. A good client can be at providing that overall guidance so that the agencies can start laying out plans during the planning process. So that's one aspect. The other one is briefing. And the process of briefing has been discussed for years. It's been broken for years. It's fascinating to me, actually, that, you know, you can go to and get your MBA without ever, you know, in, in a marketing space and enter the marketplace and never had really much exposure on how to write an effective brief. And the briefing process is so critical to the agencies to provide them the information they need to be most effective at coming up with ideas and especially during the creative process, depending on the, obviously the nature of the work. But so briefing is a very critical. And when I was at Microsoft, we actually conducted a very large audit at the time where we asked all the agencies to submit all the briefs they got from our Microsoft clients. We captured hundreds of briefs and it was fascinating to us. So what we did is we actually started rating the quality of the briefs. And almost like we were writing papers and we were looking for certain things. How comprehensive are the briefs? What level of details are provided? Are they being provided specific smart objectives? And we learned that it was obviously, as you can imagine, kind of widespread quality across the organization. Some organizations were really poor at it. Some, sometimes no brief existed. The agencies were operating without briefing. They were briefed over text or a phone call and asked the agencies were tasked to capture notes of, you know, and there was really no other accountability from the client perspective. So, and we realized that this was, and it was estimated actually in the marketplace that up to 30% of agency fees were wasted due to poor briefing. Too many rounds of revisions of the brief process, too many rounds of revision of creative and just because obviously, once you don't have the adequate briefing, you're more likely to miss the, the mark and you have to go and do this again and so on. So it's one of the greatest, so great opportunity and source of wasted efficiencies. And I think one that's very important and clients are taking on. The other one is improving feedback, creating a culture of mutual accountability is important. And agencies can only do so well and let, until they're being provided good feedback, productive feedback that allow them to course correct and again, be the best partner they can be to the organization they serve. That means having tangible KPIs. We talked about this earlier. It also means for many of our clients, assessing the relationship at least twice a year, usually with a mid-year touch point and then a year-end comprehensive structured feedback process. That's 360, by the way, so that the agencies have a voice in how the client can sometime, without knowing it, create situations that in their, their ability to be productive, servicing the clients. And the client don't sometimes realize that they are the source of a particular issue. And it happens very often. So it's very important to make this 360. 
and having this holistic viewpoint. So the client can also learn how can they be better partners? Not only how can the agency learn to be better uh, suppliers or partners to them. The last one would be around innovation. Another topic that clients are keen to figure out, which is how do you encourage innovation, constant innovation, by taking measurable risk and pushing agencies to deliver work that's going to be challenging to them. And we talked about the compatibility culture earlier, but you expect your agencies to be thought-provoking. If you always agree with your agency or the agency agree with you, you're probably not getting the type of creative, out-of-the-box thinking you should get. That's a little disruptive. That really forces you to, you know, out of your comfort zone to explore new ways of expressing yourself in a marketplace and creating. And that's where I think you see brilliant ideas emerge in the marketplace. It comes through this very innovative risk-taking approach that has to be, again, structured. One of the examples by which we can structure that is we've had many clients who, who identify innovation as a KPI. And they ask the agency to perform against that KPI, and they measure that. Another one is we have clients who've set up innovation forums where they invite their agencies to come in, present to their leadership team ideas that are totally outside the box on a particular topic, and see how creative those agencies can be outside of the typical, here's an assignment, here's a brief, here's a project for you to do. Let's give you some room to think outside the box, really step back. And think about how you can be growth agents for us. How can you really propel business forward by giving us ideas that are truly innovative? So those will be some of the key topics, I think, that are just top of mind, I think, for for clients. Those are excellent. You discussed um, the need for comprehensive planning beyond simply just, you know, fiscal and allotment and assignment of, of resourcing for the year briefing, articulating objectives in a succinct fashion. And I think, you know, we're recording this here in October and I can hear my headphones, this future cheering of heads of strategy and tons of our agencies kind of imagining the thought of their clients actually being scored on the quality of their brief. But that's a really compelling point because the quality of that brief then conversely is either accelerated or diluted based on the ad agency planning and, and strategist motion, right? And if if they get terrible fragments of information that are clear, then then how can you expect compelling work? A culture of 365 feedback that goes both ways to your, to your point about good partnership dynamics and then innovation. So great, I think, bi-directional concepts for for our partners to uh, that can take in really good practical fundamentals. So thank you for that. So as we we start to wrap here, your firm's releases, and, and, you're, and it's one of the really compelling, I think, sought after pieces of, of thought leadership in the market, but you regularly release industry trends and topics around things like talent and innovation. How would a client or agency in our listening audience be able to subscribe to those? What's the best method for that? So we, we do release uh, what we call an industry update every six to every six to eight weeks, and it's a very comprehensive compilation of anything that's going on in our industry. To your point around talent, the work, agency reviews, M and A, just new agencies, new capabilities. And we make this available for people to subscribe. And you can easily do so by going to agencymania.com. 
and there there's a resources section and the industry update section that you can easily sign up and, and get these delivered to your inbox. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. And we'll repeat that at the conclusion here. But this has been great. It's been great to get reacquainted. I know you and I go back quite some time, a couple of uh, trips, uh, different continents and, and so forth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We endeavor to give our, our listeners really practical insights that they can gather in the in the four quadrants of planning, briefing, feedback, and innovation. In addition to the thought leadership that they can glean, I think it's going to be fantastic. But as another value add, for our listeners, we're going to do a giveaway of Bruno's book, Agency Mania, to the first three listeners that email us at podcast at cantana.com. Simply shoot us an email. And if you're one of the first three, we'll reach out and give you a copy. I, this is one of the first book giveaways we've done here, but I've read the book. It's fantastic. I think wherever you are in that, that relationship dynamic, whether you're on the services side, whether you're on the client side. And again, thank you so much for joining us. First three listeners, podcast at Cantata and request Bruno's book and sign up for those industry insights at Agency Mania. Bruno, thanks again. And it's been a pleasure having you on. The pleasure is all mine. Merci, Brent. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get podcasts, on any podcast app. And to learn more about the power of Cantata's purpose-built technology, go to cantata.com. Thanks again for listening.